Okay, good morning, good morning. Today we are continuing a series, Prepare Yourself. And last week we started Prepare Yourself, Be at Peace. So it's a series that has six parts. And uh, we're on the second of the six parts of the series. And today will be part two of Be at Peace. So the continuation, as I said, is on the series Prepare Yourself. And I shared last week that we must be prepared. We must be at peace in preparation so that we can be or we will become unshakable and unmovable, grounded in the midst of all the turmoil that's in the earth and is coming. And we have been warned ahead of time of what is to come and what is going, what is happening. So we must prepare ourselves. Also last week we we use the scriptures in John fourteen twenty five through twenty seven, and John sixteen thirty two through thirty three, and there were some scriptures we read in there, and we defined the word peace. Now the peace that what Jesus spoke about, he said, uh, "My peace I give to you, not as the world give, I give to you." And he said, let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. You don't have to turn there. I'm just telling you the scriptures that we mm-hmm. used last week. But that word peace was defined, was the pronounced irene. And the meaning uh, of it, of, of the word, that word peace, it meant, it means to join, to be one, to set up one again. To be at rest, to be quiet or quietness. And as I said, I've never understood that definition until recently. So when we are walking in the light, we will be at rest. And I said last week, if you're walking in a path that you've never walked before and the light is on, if you're walking in the daytime in a path that you've never walked before, you're not going to be worried because you can see where you're going. But if you're walking in that path, at night, you'll be concerned because you cannot see where you're going. Okay, because you can, there are occasions for you to, to fall or to get hurt. So when we're walking in the light, that is what Jesus was talking about, walking in the light. That is the peace he's talking about. The peace he's talking about, as we touched on last week, is walking in the light so you do not stumble. So when you have that peace, you are, when you have that understanding, when you're walking in the light, you have peace because you can see where you're going. So the Lord does not want us stumbling around in darkness, uh, which will cause us anxiety. So this darkness is anything that is contrary to God's will for our lives. This darkness is anything that's contrary to His Word. The darkness, as we said, causes us anxiety. It causes us to be, to be, to become and also to remain enslaved by sin. So if you're not walking in God's word, you're a slave to sin because you're walking outside His will, outside His word. We were once in darkness, blinded by the power of sin, caught up in the corruption that is in this world. And we were set free by the power of God when we submitted to and trusted in Christ. So that talks about when you're born again. You 
give yourself to Christ. You understand what it is that he did for us. And with that understanding, the Bible says when you receive Christ, you believe on him. You believe that he's the son of God. You believe that he died for our sins. You believe that he was resurrected from the dead. When you understand that and you believe that, the Bible says you become born again. I don't know how it happens. Nobody knows how it happens. It's something that takes place in the spirit realm. And it takes place in your spirit. Because the word of God, when you believe it, that word is received and it changes you from inside out. So when Jesus said in John 14.30, you don't have to turn there. He said, the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. This is just before when Judas went to betray him. He knew after Judas betrayed him that they would come to seek him to crucify him. So he said the ruler of this world is which he's referring to Satan. Because Satan behind the scenes are pushing the buttons of the people who are coming to crucify him. They don't know that. But he and Jesus understands that. That's why he said the ruler of this world is coming. Because the ruler of this world system is Satan. This world system we're living in, the ruler is Satan. Satan is the ruler. And he has nothing in me. Now the reason why Jesus said that, he said, I was not stumbling around in darkness. Whatever I did, I was doing in line with the Father's will. I was walking in the light. So when the ruler of, the, of this world comes to accuse me, he can't accuse me of anything. Because everything I did and say was in line with what the Father required of me. So what I said and did was right, was just. So he has nothing to accuse me of. Do you understand that? That's very important that you understand that. So when Jesus said also in uh, John, he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He was able to navigate the pitfalls and schemes, the traps that the enemy had set for him. Because he was walking in the light. And he said, okay. And he says, whatever the enemy tried to tempt me with, he wasn't successful. He couldn't succeed because I was not, I was not paying attention to him. I was doing what the Father was telling me to do. I submitted my will to the Father. If I had submitted to the enemy, then he would have something to accuse me of. Alright? Understand. Very important. He says, so because I walked in the light, because I wasn't stumbling around in this world, he has nothing to accuse me of. I was walking in the light. I overcame the world. Because he was walking in the light, Jesus was always at peace. Because he can see where he's going. Very important that you understand that. Now we see daily people caught up in the corruption that is in this world and its consequences. Okay, when I talk about corruption, it talks in First Peter. The three things the enemy uses, the three things Satan uses in this world system to control people is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Those are his three main strategies he used to manipulate and control the people in the world. If you really think about it, if you meditate on it, you would see, you will see the, the reality of it. But when you're caught up in the corruption that this, and this, that in this, that's in this world, you are also prey to its consequences. 
The power of sin is nothing to be trifled with. It's amazing how people don't believe God. They say there is no God. And those who believe that there is a God, they don't seek to walk with Him. Okay? And they are reaping the consequences of their ignorance. Okay? Now, examples. In the media, what we're hearing a lot about lately, and we've been hearing about a lot about in the past years, sexual abuse, the indiscriminate killing and murder, the lies, manipulation and deception. I'm just talking about this country. But this is going on all over the world. This is going on all over the world. The Bible said that evil men and impostors will become worse and worse. Deceiving and they themselves being deceived. Why is that happening? Because the world, they are all walking in darkness. They are all walking in darkness. When you're walking in darkness, you're walking in corruption. When you're walking in corruption, you are being manipulated by the powers of the air. By the king, the ruler of this system. People are walking in darkness. Sin has terrible consequences. Terrible consequences. There are good consequences and there are bad consequences. When you obey your parents, there were good consequences. When you disobeyed your parents, there were bad consequences. There is a consequence to everything we do, everything we say. Even there are consequences to our thoughts, what we meditate on. There are consequences to it. We see the lives that are negatively impacted, as we saw in the news recently. But this has been happening more and more and more frequently in this country. The indiscriminate killing. We see the negative impact of it. That's why Jesus warned us ahead of time so that we will not be, um, we will not be anxious, but we will be at peace. At peace, and understand that peace is not that we don't care about what's happening. The peace is, is that we do not get anxious and fearful and reactive. Very important. Jesus was never reactive. When Lazarus Heard he heard Lazarus was dying. Jesus never reacted. When they brought the woman caught in adultery before him, Jesus never reacted. When the, de- the demoniac, the person that was possessed with, with devils, when he came before Jesus and said, I know who you are, Jesus never reacted. When the woman filled with the spirit of divination, came and said, I know to Apostle Paul and say, I know who you are. I know who you are. Right? She was doing that for many days. Apostle Paul never reacted. He never, they never ever react with the emotion. Because they are always walking in the light. They are always guided by the Spirit of God. We must never ever be reactive. Because when you are reactive... That's when sometimes you make mistakes. 
And I'll give you an example. You're reactive, you don't have peace. Sometimes people <coughs> accidentally kill somebody. Or accidentally hit somebody. Out of anger. Somebody says something to you. But you're because of your anger and you don't control your anger, you are reactive. So you, you respond in a violent way. You are reacting. You're not under, you're not controlling your thoughts. You have no self-control. You have anger issues or whatever your issues are. I'm not saying this is common with everyone. I'm just saying those who react that way, they have issues. You are reacting and your reaction have consequences. And that consequence could be somebody's death. You may not intentionally mean to kill that person, but because of your react, your reacting, emotionally angry, you will cause the, someone's death. I'm just, that's just an example that I'm giving. Okay? So Jesus warned us, we were warned ahead of time about the times that we are living in. Jesus said, I have given you my peace, not as the world. There is a difference. And that peace that we talked about last week is that we are in Him and He's in us. And He will guide us. He said, when I go, I will send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And He will bring to your remembrance all the things I have told you. But the only way the Holy Spirit can teach you is if you see God. The only way He can bring to your remembrance is if you know the Word of God. If you read the Word of God. In that way, you can be led so you don't walk in, you're not walking blindly. You're walking in the light. But if you don't spend the time, you are blind. You are totally blind. Alright? So Jesus said, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. Neither do not be afraid. Why? Because He's with us. In the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will guide and lead us. Listen, I've made my mistakes and been reactive. And I saw the consequences of it. And I'm still paying now, financially, for the consequences of my reaction to an incident. It costs you when you are reactive. It costs you something. When you're walking and stumbling in darkness, it costs you. It costs you something. There is no joke. There are consequences to walking in darkness. And there are consequences to walking in light. When you walk in the light, you're walking in God's will. And you expect the blessings of God. Because that's His promise. That's His word to us. If you're walking in darkness, you cannot expect the blessings of God. It's that simple. So we have to pray. Seek God for guidance and take steps of faith. We cannot be reactionary, as I said. Jesus never reacted. He was led. And in the, the times we are living in, do not think that we are helpless. We are not helpless. We are only helpless if we are walking in darkness. And many people now are feeling, many people are angry. Many people feel, again in the point, we feel like... What can we do? There's a sense of helplessness on some of the feelings of some of the people. But if you're walking in the light, 
You have no need to fear or to feel helpless. Because the Lord will lead and guide us and show us what to do. The Bible states that righteousness, to be or do justly, exalts a nation. It makes that nation enviable. But sin is a reproach, a disgrace, a shame to any people. That's Proverbs 14.34. And also the Lord said in 1 Samuel 2. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me shall be lightly lightly esteemed. I will ignore. Why is why why is this world in such turmoil? Because they they don't honor God. The more and more you step away from Him and put Him out of your your life, He takes His hands off. Why? Because God said in His Word, "They that honor me, I will honor." And if you despise me, if you have no time for me, I will esteem you lightly. I will just take my hands off for you. And people blame God when there are negative things happening. If you don't, he is not going to go against his word. God will never ever go against his word. If he said, if you despise me, I will esteem you lightly. That's what he's going to do. He is not moved by emotion. God is not a God that is moved by our emotion. He is not moved by emotion. We are moved by emotion. That's how, that's how we get flattered and that's how we get abused. And that's how we get manipulated by people when we give in to the emotions. Instead of trying the Spirit and let the Spirit of God show us what to do. Because the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. I'm not saying everybody's like that. I'm just saying there are people out there who will manipulate you. If they can do it, they will do it. Alright? So when you ignore God and esteem Him lightly, when you don't take Him seriously, there are consequences. There are consequences. And He will never go against His word. The Lord will never ever go against His word. Never. Because if He does that, He's not reliable. If he goes against his word, he, you can't trust him. Because you never know what he's going to do from time to time. I'm just going to um, talk a little about, a bit about... I, I, you know, I just felt in my heart that I was like really trying to figure what to say. Because you know, last Sunday I knew what I wanted to say. And then as the week progressed, I just like didn't know what I wanted to say. And I was saying, Lord, what it is you want me to say? And then very, you know, just my heart just went out to, to the people. Some of the people I saw mourning their, their loss of their children because of indiscriminate killing. And I looked at them and you could see the pain. But they're all walking in darkness. And they're suffering the consequences of it. Of someone who knows what he was into, who knows what he's doing. He is walking in darkness. Being manipulated, doesn't know he's been manipulated. And then he goes and kills a bunch of people. And there are consequences to sin. His sin. These are the, these are the, the, the consequences of it. When you have a world walking in darkness and you have spiritual forces of darkness manipulating behind the scenes, the devil laughs when people say he doesn't exist. They la- he laughs. 
Because he's behind us, he's pulling the strings. We are in a physical body, but we are spirit beings in this body. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because sometimes people say, I don't understand how somebody, you have all this money, you have all this fame, you got this, you got this, you got that, but how come you can wreck it over an affair, or wreck it over drugs, or wreck it over... It's not about this stuff. It's a spiritual condition that is defective, that needs the love of God, that needs Christ. But if you're working in the natural, the natural will never be able to overcome the spirit. Never. The spirit supersedes the natural. You're trying to deal with spiritual things, with natural philosophy and this and that. You can only get so far. But the spirit of darkness, the power of sin is relentless. It is relentless. It doesn't stop. It's like water dripping. Water dripping, it's relentless, does not stop. It doesn't stop. Drip, 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 drip on a rock. Eventually it eats away at the rock. You never think water has that power. But because of its relentless dripping, it erodes the rock. Something that's very hard. That's how sin is. It's relentless. That's why you can never keep, uh, um, what, it, what, what people do. They make resolutions. You need more than just willpower because willpower will only take you so far. You can't, you're not on top of your game every day. We are in this flesh. This flesh is prone to corruption. We don't have the power in our own will to do it. But people just ignore God like if, and call on Him when, like, when they want something. But if your heart is truly repentive, He will respond to you. Whoever, he will, a heart truly repentant, God will respond. That's his grace. That's his mercy. He's showing compassion. And this is supposed to be about peace, right? But I felt in my heart that we are in darkness. The world is in darkness. The world is looking for answers. Why is all this stuff happening? The politicians are in darkness. There's greed and corruption, self-centeredness, thinking about their own. When they have that type of spirit, we are the bottom who they are supposed to be serving. We are all in trouble. We are all in trouble. Because they on top are not concerned about the needs of the people that they are supposed to be serving. Selah. So in Genesis 6-5, in the time of Noah, I'm just giving you a little, a few examples here of what we're dealing with. The Lord said, He saw, this is before the flood, He saw that wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It came to a point where this was the condition of the people at the time of, Moses, of, of Noah. Okay? In Ezekiel 16, 49 through 50, the prophet, he was recounting what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, look, 
This was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. He was talking about Jerusalem at the time. He said, your sister Sodom, she and her daughter, her daughter was Gomorrah. So are Sodom and Gomorrah. They had pride, fullness of food. They were, they were, people were fat, eating well, and abundance of idleness. People were idle. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. They ignored the poor and the needy. That sounds very familiar to the times we're living in. They were haughty, full of themselves, committed abomination before the Lord. And it talks about what was do, what they were doing. Okay? They were wicked. It was a wicked generation. That's what happened before they destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. That was the state of the, of, 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 of these, these two cities. And in Daniel chapter, chapter 7 through 12, there's a lot to, to read there. It talks about the, the end times pertaining to this, uh, time that we're living in. Okay, this time of grace. It's talking about this time. It talks about the lies, the deceit, the deception, the wars, the destruction of lives, etc. It talks about all these things. All these things are going to come to a point, to a point of culmination. Just like it was in the time of Noah. Just like it was with Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord is going to allow iniquity, iniquity to progress in this earth. In this time we live in He's going to allow it. And then he's going to come and judge it. Now. Turn to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. And we'll go to verse... 34. Luke 21-34. Let me know when they're there, please. Okay. Listen to this. Take heed to yourselves. Your hearts be... Uh, take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and cares of this life and that day come on you unexpectedly for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth it will come as a snare as a trap he said watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. What is he saying? He's talking about be careful. Don't get caught up in the drama. Understand your focus. Understand the time signs of the times that you're living in. He said, Don't let your heart be weighed down with carousing, too much partying, too much drunk, getting drunk, and the cares of this life. The cares you get caught up in your in the drama in this world. Get caught up in it and your focus is off of Him, God. Take care. Because the day will come on you unexpectedly. You won't be able to tell when He's coming. You won't be able to tell when things are going to are unfolding. You're not seeing what's going on. You're not able to read the signs of the times. He said, take care. 
the care, especially the cares of this life. Okay, now go to First Thessalonians chapter five. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses two. Wait, let me make sure I'm in First Thessalonians. Let me know when you're there, please. Okay, we're going to start at verse 2 to 5, and then I'll skip around a little bit. Okay, let's go. You there? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 2 to 5. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. So before I said... He said, be, be careful, don't get, get yourself caught up in too much partying and drunkenness and the cares of this world because the day will come upon you unawares. And now he's saying, you yourselves know, verse 2, perfectly, the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. A thief in the night, why? Because you never know when the thief is coming. He comes as a thief. It sneaks up on you. For when we, when they say, they say, Peace and safety. When he says they, he's talking about the people in the world. So you're going to have a lot of, as I said, a lot of turmoil is going on. But there's going to come a time where there, it's going to seem like there's going to be some kind of stability. There's going to seem like there's going to be things that are going to be, the, the politicians actually seem like they're getting their act together. He's going to say peace and safety. He said then sudden destruction comes upon them. As labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. So you're caught in the snare. You can't get away. You have no warning. When the trap goes. When a trap is set and the trap snaps. You can't get away. You're already caught. That's what he's referring to. Verse 4. But you brethren are not in darkness. Did you hear that? You brethren are not in darkness. So that this day should not overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light, sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Why did he say that? We are not in darkness. So because we are not in darkness, we won't, that day won't, the day won't sneak up on us. We will be told ahead of time when it's going to happen. So we won't be caught unawares. Alright? So he said we are sons of the light. So we will not be caught unawares. Let's go to verse 8. But let us who are of the day be sober. Right? When he says be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Verse 11, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Let's go to verse 14 through 18. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are Unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Alright? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. Okay, what is going on there? So he says we are not in darkness. The world will, the Lord will let us know. He will bring what was spoken to our remembrance. So when we know, when we see 
the day approaching, he will let us know before, as he did with Noah. He told Noah ahead of time when the flood was, when the, the flood was going to hit, when it's going to start raining. He told Noah ahead of time. So Noah had time to go in the ark and be safe. Before the day, he will let us know. And we will have peace because we will not be flipping out. We will, we are in the light. We will, we would know what is going on. We will have peace. And they say, be sober. In verse 8, be watchful. Be in your right minds. Don't get caught up in drunkenness and too much excessive partying. Where you're so caught up in the things of the flesh, you don't know what's going on around you. You're not ignorant. Be in your right mind. He said, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. What? Trust in the Lord. Being a witness by our speech and actions. Talking about the breastplate of faith. Knowing no matter what you see, you know what God says concerning what you see. That you have not anxious, but you'll be at peace. Putting on the breastplate, the bre- right, the breastplate of faith. So be a witness by our speech, by our actions. Be ready to testify as to why we are at peace. Why are we peaceful? Why are we not flipping out? Why are we not like biting our fingernails? Why are we not picking our nails? Why are we not, you know, freaking out? Because we know we are in the light and He will let us know ahead of time so we don't have to be at worry. We'll be at peace. And we can testify that it's because of our hope in Christ. And He said also, this is what we ought to be doing. We ought to show compassion and mercy, understanding that the people in the world are lost and they're walking in darkness. And we used to be like them walking in darkness until we got the revelation and the light of Christ in us. We used to be like them. So when I see the people hurt, when I see the people suffering, you know, I, you see comments that some people put on, 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 you know, on some of the articles. How evil those comments are. Evil. The things they say about the, about some of the people. Instead of having compassion, they're coarse and hard. That is not the heart to to have. That's not the heart of God. That is not compassion. Because those same people, those same words you're spewing, you're going to reap that. You will reap it. Okay. So in verse 14, he said, Comfort one another. I exhort you, brethren... Warn those who are unruly, those in the body, who are unruly, who are living any old way. He said, warn them. Warn them. He said, comfort the faint-hearted, those who are willing to give up. Those who feel they can't make it, they comfort them. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. Don't get upset when people, you know, want to give up. Be patient with them. Show them love. Show them compassion. Show them mercy. Okay? So, what are we supposed to be doing? What are we supposed to be doing in this time? We, well, for Number one, we shouldn't be reactive. And I believe what we are, at the church of God, what people of God need to be doing, they need to be praying and asking God what, how we need to approach this. There definitely there's change that need to need to happen, and I love the comments some of these people were saying uh, about thoughts and prayers. 
Enough with thoughts and prayers. Enough with that. That's useless. Faith without works is dead. You can pray as much as you want, but you need to act. There needs to be action. The question is, what type of action needs to be taken? That's where the wisdom of God comes. Something needs to be done. We can know it. We see it. But the apathy of those in leadership in this country, bought and sold by whomever is, is, is financing and funding them, they have been compromised. And they are not serving the people of this country. Unfortunately. So what will happen to, what will happen to this country? What will happen to this country? Righteousness exalt a nation. Sin is a reproach, reproach to any people. But what the word of God also says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, Seek my face and turn from their wickedness. Wait. He said, then I will hear from heaven. He's talking about the people of God. What are they doing? What are they doing? Are they seeking the mind of God of what they should, how they're supposed to approach this? Or are they looking for the hand of flesh? Leaning on politicians to to try and manipulate and try and have them go the way they want them to go. This is be done by the Spirit of God. This is not going to be done by the arm of flesh. The government can't solve this. This is a spiritual condition of this country. It's not going to be solved by these politicians. But the church needs to pray and stop looking at the, to the arm of flesh for solutions and start praying and looking to God. The body of Christ needs to start seeking God about what we need to be doing. And stop being reactionary and stop trying to, to have their own way in, 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 in people of influence. That's the same thing Israel did. God said, I will be your God. I will be your king. No, but they wanted Saul. They wanted Saul. So they got Saul. And you saw what Saul did to them. Saul became a regret. It's the same thing here with the church. Instead of seeking God, they're seeking the government. They're seeking a party or whatever it is, this party or that party. But they need to be seeking God about what they ought to be doing. You know, it's unfortunate, but the Lord is the one who has the answers to all that the problems. But if people keep ignoring him, they'll keep stumbling around in darkness. And he's nothing he can do about it. He won't go against his word. He will not do it. He will not do it. Because if he does it, he's lying. He's a liar. And God is not a liar. So, I don't know if this so much was a message about being at peace. But it is. Because with all the turmoil, and it's not going to get any easier. When you understand what's happening, you'll be, you won't be so anxious about anything. So you'll be at peace because you'll be walking in the light. Because the Holy Spirit will show you. He will show us what to do. If it's a dream, a vision, whatever, He will make it known to us. As I said, if He, if he needs an angel to show up, He will do it. If Jesus himself had to show up, he will do it. He did it for Paul. Paul was off track. He had to show up and tell Paul, you're fighting against me. 
Whatever the Lord has to do, He will do it. So I'm at peace. So anyhow, we'll see what next week, what happens next week. I'm not going to say if there's going to be a part three, but we will see. But that's all I have today. And I hope really that you receive something today because um, we are really living in some interesting times, as I said. It's not for the faint of heart. 